was sitting next to the person who is expectant and full of faith, got their Bible open, is taking notes, or I'm sitting next to the person who's doing a Candy Crush Saga. Some of you know what Candy Crush Saga is. Uh, who's over a thousand on Candy Crush Saga? Anybody in this room? I'm up to 1,477 on Candy Crush Saga. I mean, that, that almost makes me like a meister. Am I sitting next to the person who is static or who is actually expectant? It makes a, it makes a difference where you sit, whether you sit in the back row or in the front row, on the side row. It makes a difference where you position yourself. Because you can actually be sitting in the right chair. But where are you positionally in your heart today? Are you positioning your heart, Lord, change my mess? And you're thinking about your world, your bank account, your relationships. Or are you in a position where it says, Lord, change me, change my mess? Because for change to happen, it starts in me before it goes out there. The world is inside, outside. You can change the outside circumstances of a person's life and they never change on the inside. You know, you, you simply go from being, you know, a poor drunk to a rich drunk. You know, that's, you can change the outsides. Got to change the insides first. So John chapter 10, verse 1, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice they won't follow a stranger they will run from him because they don't know his voice those who heard jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant maybe we should finish the sermon there because some of you will have no idea what i've just said and others of you will know some of you have heard his voice and some of you just heard my voice there is a difference and so he explained it to them, I tell you the truth, I am the gate of the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. Some versions will say, I am the door. Those who come through me will be saved. They come in, they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. John 10.10, 10, we should all have that hashtag tattooed somewhere on our brain, saying the thief comes to kill, maim, and destroy but Jesus has come that we may have, that we may have, that we may have. That's the word you've got to say with a little bit of oomph. <laughs> that we may have life. 
that we may have life. Very good. The thief comes to kill, to steal and destroy. But I have come that you might have life in abundance. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. So when the wolf attacks them, he scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for money and he doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me, I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too. They're not in this sheepfold and I must bring them as well. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I can take it back again. Uh, a great passage, John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to kill, maim and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it in abundance and my sheep will know my voice. So I was thinking today that it'd be really good to pick out someone uh, as, a, as a victim, uh, as a, uh, I mean a volunteer, uh, same thing. And so I'm, I'm trying to find people that know each other reasonably well. So, um, um, okay. We will imagine it. Can we do a thought experiment? I want you to have this thought experiment where we've picked out a young couple, maybe like Elijah and Talia, and... Uh, you know, just a young couple who are just beginning to know each other. And, and, but, you know, I wouldn't do that, of course. No. Um, and what we would do is that we'd blindfold Elijah. Put a blind... It's still actually not a bad idea, actually. Blindfold him. And then we'd ask uh, Tilly to get to the back of the church, down that corridor there. And then we would turn Elijah around and spin him around so that he's disorientated, he doesn't know where to go. And then we get all of Elijah's friends and people from YC to gather around the corridor and to give him advice as to how to get from here to, to there. You understand? So they can yell, Facebook, Instagram, Manchester United, uh, zoology. You know, they can... They can do it. They can say left. They can go right. They can give all these. So, so the idea is that all those so-called friends are meant to put up lots of voices. Hmm? You can hear that. Still a good idea, isn't it? And <laughs> they're really paying attention right now. And the idea is that Tilly at the back there has to say, Elijah, I'm over here. And what he has to do is to zone in on that one voice. And if he can listen to that one voice, and if he's been nice to Tilly that week, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Otherwise, she could direct him off to the toilets, you know, whatever, you know. So. The ability to listen to Jesus is at the core of what it takes to be a Christian. Is that he is our good shepherd and he walks out 
and he wants us to lead us to good pastures. What sort of pastures are they? Good pastures. And he's saying, Mike, come this way. Come on, come on. The trouble is Mike has other voices in his head. Do they talk to you as well? Or is it just when the red mist descends? (laughs) All those other voices. And if I can hear what Jesus is saying and follow him, then he will lead me to good pastures. You see? Now what Jesus is saying is that he is the good shepherd. If you can hear the voice of Jesus, then you are on your way to good pastures. Amen? If you can't hear the voice of Jesus, then you're going to be going a little bit, you know, you're going to be all over the place, get lost, and you know, you're not going to do quite so well. In fact, get off track. So, you know, over the years, you know, I've, I've probably counselled thousands of people, thousands of people. And uh, my, my first introduction to how to counsel was from my predecessor, Pastor John Warwick, who his counselling style was uh, really interesting because John would invite you into his office and you'd sit there in the chair and John would say, okay, what's wrong? And he says, oh, well, that, 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 that's wrong. And he says, what do you think you should do? And you go, well, I think I should do, 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 do. He says, well, it sounds like a good idea. Why don't you go and do it? See you later. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a certain wisdom to that. But often I've had to say to people, you know, in the midst of all their confusion, what's Jesus saying to you? And they struggle to say, I believe Jesus is saying this to me. In all the voices, somehow the volume on Jesus' voice has been on the sound desk turned down. And all the other voices have come up really large. You know, I'm a failure. I'm no good. I knew this would happen. The world's not going to be kind. All those other voices now have been so elevated in our life that we no longer hear the voice of Jesus. Who's discovered the world of GPS? Global Positioning Satellite Technology. It's weird, but some of you even got apps on your phone that track where your kids are at. Probably not a bad idea in some ways. It's a weird world we're in. They know where we are. (laughs) They're they're watching us. Probably your children's children, young people, will never get a car license because Google will drive them off cliffs instead of you. (laughs) GPS, Global Positioning Satellite Technology. And it's this wonderful sense where if you've got one of those devices, you're talking to the heavens. You can't see it. You can't see it. It's invisible, and yet there's this immediate connection to where you are. Well, let me talk about, instead of GPS being global positioning satellite, maybe we could talk about God's positioning sensitivity. Where are you positioning yourself with God? Do you know what you call an alligator with GPS? A navigator. Okay, okay. It's, 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 uh, keep trying, Mike. Keep trying. Keep trying. Did you hear about the woman whose GPS wasn't working well? Uh, she kept on getting lost. Apparently she had a bad latitude. 
GPS. Where are you at? God knows where you are. And so in John 10, he says, I am the door. Everybody else is the thief. Everybody's come before me as the thief. And they climb over the wall. So I want you just to imagine the ancient sheepfold. So during the daytime, the shepherd walks out and the sheep follow. It's not like uh, our modern farming technique where we drive sheep. You know, we get the dogs in behind, we get the four-wheelers in behind, and we yell and we drive sheep. The ancient world is that the shepherd had a relationship with the sheep and he'd call out to the sheep and the sheep would follow. You know, like we call out to our dogs, you know, come in. And they still do what they want, you know. But, you know, sheep were different. They would follow their shepherd. And uh, I was a, a livestock agent for a, a number of years and uh, part of my job was moving large flocks of sheep around. And the worst thing that would happen, your big mistake was if you let one farmer's sheep get into a pen with another farmer's sheep. Because you could be having 1,000 sheep at $20 a head, probably a lot more these days, then get into another pen of 750 sheep worth you know, $15 a head, you've got serious financial problems going on and somehow you've got to separate sheep from sheep and they look a lot like each other. It's really hard. So this is a big issue if you mix up your flocks. Now, in the ancient world, it wasn't a problem. You could actually go to the market, let the sheep actually frolic and mix with each other and then when you needed to actually separate out the flock, one shepherd would simply call out to his sheep and they would know his voice and would follow. Powerful, really, analogy. And all the voices that are demanding our attention, that are distracting us, you know, Netflix, Instagram, WhatsApp, Tumblr. You shouldn't even know what Tumblr is, but anyway. All that stuff out there is demanding our attention. Can you hear God's voice? I want to tell you, He's talking to you if you're listening. If you listen, he's talking to you. But Jesus said that there are, uh, so you've got the sheepfold, all the sheep come in on the night, and so it would be uh, basically a little compound often made of small stones, rocks, you know, a bit like the uh, uh, you'd see in England with the little hedgerows, sometimes made out of thickets. And they'd come in there into relative safety. And this was uh, discovered by a 19th century explorer many years ago. He's walking through, uh, you know, ancient Palestine and he meets an old shepherd who's uh, bringing the sheep into the sheepfold that night. And the explorer notices that, yeah, there's the wall, but there's no door. And he says to the shepherd, well, you know, this is nice. Wolves can't get in. There's defense here. How are you going to protect them when there's no door? And the shepherd says, I am the door. Because what the shepherd would do is he would actually lie down and he would sleep in the doorway. So the only way anything can get in is over the shepherd. The only way anything can get out is through the shepherd. And this is what Jesus is saying. I am the door. I am the gate. And yes, the gate is a narrow gate, but it's a narrow gate that leads to big things. Really important. Uh, we had a day off in Singapore, Malaysia, and I uh, released uh, Pastor Karen and Samuel 
to go and just do some statistical survey of Universal Studios. Yeah, just we gave them tracks and you know, you know, some things to go. And you know, if you've ever been to Universal Studios, one of the big theme parks, these are reasonably interesting, exciting places. Uh, particularly when Samuel rides a roller coaster, gets really exciting then. <laughs> but to get to that big place. You know, all those theme parks, all that popcorn, all those displays, all that wonderful stuff, there's actually a narrow gate. You understand? You have to go through that turnstile. And that's what Jesus is saying. Who wants a big successful life? Who wants the good things? Who wants the God things? Who wants green pastures? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jesus says there's a narrow way to access the broad, the broad things of life. But what people want is they want the broad things of life without going through the gate. They don't want to go through that narrow point, which is Jesus. So here's the rub, guys. You will either look for life in people, you know, the answer to my security, my self-worth, my significance, is to be found in people. If I can just get enough people liking me on Facebook... I feel so good about myself. I've got 10 likes. <laughs> oh, someone just friended me. Oh, oh. Have you figured out yet that your life does not consist or can be found in people? People are important. But you'll never find your true self, your true purpose, your true meaning, your true significance in people. In fact, people come to kill, maim and destroy. So the, you might try, well, if, if life's not found in people, maybe life's found in performance. If I can just get really good at something, get fame and fortune somewhere, then I am going to feel wonderful about life and I'll get all those good things about life through performance. Well, God doesn't want us to be lazy, but performance is not the answer either. Boris Becker wins Wimbledon, he goes home and he seriously contemplates ending his life. Suicide. He's got to the top again and life's still empty. Life's still empty. So life's not found in people, it's not found in performance, well maybe it's found in position. If I could just get to be, you know, the assistant, 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 vice superintendent, deputy general, extraordinaire, then I'm going to feel good about myself. If I can just get that job, if I can just get that password, everybody else in the department's got, you, you know, we think about position. If I can just get to be a pastor or something, then I'm going to feel good. But again, life is not found. That's climbing over the wall to try and get to the green stuff. What you've got to do is go through the person. It's not found in the people. It's not found in the performance. It's not found in the position, not even found in the pennies. Some of the most miserable people you'll meet in the world have lots and lots of money. And some of the most generous, happy people in the world have no money. It's not found in the pennies either. And all the rich people said, because we are. On universal standards, you are incredibly wealthy. Incredibly wealthy. And if you don't think so, you need to get a perspective shift. 
So it's found in a narrow person. It's found in Jesus. Just Jesus, I know, but it's found in a narrow person. So the way to access the green pastures as a sheep is you've got to go through the door. Any effort to find your people, to find your position, to find your performance, outside of going through Jesus, is actually jumping over the wall. It's seeking it the wrong way. It's working with the thief that comes to kill, maim and destroy. Instead of going through Jesus, that brings that abundant life we have in Jesus. Global positioning satellite. Um, I, I, I'm seen to be surrounded by women telling me what to do. I have a lovely wife at home who likes to tell me what to do. She is the uh, director of unplanned tasks. And uh, I, I have figured out that her love language is acts of service. I just wish the acts of service wasn't, you know, move the house six inches to the left, please, you know. Um, but happy wife, happy life. So I'll get out my hammer and I do uh, Pastor Karen brilliantly organises me. But now I've also got to sit in the car and turn on the GPS and it's a woman telling me where to go again. <laughs> it's another woman telling me where to go. One day I dialed into where to find the army base and they said, left, 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 right, left. <laughs> left, <laughs> left, <laughs> left, right, left. Come on! <laughs> so let's, let's have our team up. Let's have our team up. Uh, we're going to close. I, I, I want you, Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. He came, he died, he gave up his life so you can have quality, enduring life. I, I love Greek language. It was one of the most painful things I ever did was to learn Koine Greek. And uh, I did learn it to a stage where I can actually teach Koine Greek, the Greek that the New Testament was in, I written in. And uh, I would have to say, I've done a few languages now, that the, the Greek language that our New Testament was written in is, is probably one of the most accurate languages that we have. You know, instead of having one word for love, it has six words for love. You know, get all those distinctions. One of the other things that I like is here is that uh, the word life in Greek has two words. One is bios. Uh, you know, computers have a bios. It's where we get the word biology from. And bios refers to breathing, our general lifespan. You know, the fact that I'm still here and I'm consuming oxygen, that's bios. But there's another word which often you'll hear girls called by, called zoe. Heard of zoe before? It's where we get the word zoo from, zoology. Zoe is quality life that refers to the life that God can give. Bios is temporary and it's just normal. It's the animal life. Zoe is God's life. It's eternal. It's quality it's enduring forever. And Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, to maim and destroy, but I have come that you might have zoe. Zoe. 
Everybody in this room, currently, I'm just checking, still have your bias. Just give the person, let's make certain, they're still breathing. You've got your bias. Do you have your Zoe? Do you know how to get Zoe? It's through Jesus. That's just not once at an older call, a Youth Alive event, filling out a decision card. It's a day-to-day decision. Every night, the sheep come back into the sheepfold. They sit down, they lie, and then they've got to, the next morning, make a decision, and they can only go out through one person. And if they'll follow that one person, it's the good pastures. It's the green thing. It's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He makes me to lie down beside still waters. Sometimes the waters in our life have just got too many waves. Amen? Too much agitation. Too too much muck flowing, too much filth. Sometimes the waters in my life look more like the sewer pipe rather than those beautiful still waters. Still enough so that you can see your reflection and know who you are. That's where Jesus wants to lead us. And to those pastures that we can lie down, a, a sense of rest. A sheep does not lie down unless they are perfectly content and at rest. Most times sheep are always on their legs. You never see them lie down unless there's that tent. And then from there uh, to uh, straight paths, you know, instead of those crickled things, Mike going here and there, we now are so tuned to what the shepherd's saying that we can follow him straight. Instead of going off this way and then having to come back again and going off that way and coming back again. And then when we get to the hard times, and hard times come, when we go through the valleys, the shadows of death, when we get to those times that are dark, demonic, despairing, deadly, God is still there and he's still leading, still leading. Still got his rod and the staff with him as well. And then he brings us out. Isn't that wonderful? And he throws a party. He throws a party in the presence of our enemies. That's staggering, you know, because not every person in my life likes me. Because of my selfishness and my choices, I have made decisions where people don't like me, think I'm a bad person, think I'm a bad pastor, and yet God will still lead me to that place where we can rejoice in his grace, his grace upon my life. And then my cup overflows. So there's an overflow, there's an abundance. I want to tell you, doesn't matter how much money's in my pocket, I have an abundant life. I have an amazing life. I have the best life you could possibly believe for a Mike Keating on this planet. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you surely? (laughs) Turn to your other neighbor and say, are you goodness? (laughs) Because you should be following me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. But how do you get all that stuff? Who likes that stuff? You know, the still waters, the green pastures, the straight paths, comfort through the dark times, parties and your enemies. Who wants all that stuff? Jesus has to be a shepherd. And you need to hear his voice. And I'll finish with this. 
hearing his voice and obeying his voice. Can I confess to you there have been times when I know what God's wanted me to do and I've not done it? Oh, okay. <laughs> that you, no one here has ever done that at all. But there have been times. In fact, I've been really good at sticking my fingers in, in the ears like this. And then if the if he stick keeps talking, I can even go la 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 You wouldn't do that, would you? Who wants to have a great relationship with um a significant other? You know, a great marriage. Who wants who wants a great relationship with anyone? Yeah, okay. Well you know there's Jesus is the way. You know Jesus is the narrow way. Who wants to have success in business and school? Well, Jesus is the way. There's no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one gate. It's a narrow gate, but at least a big thing. If you're trying to get all the stuff of Psalm 23 without the shepherd, wish you luck. Your GPS is busted. <laughs> it's broken. It can get you into the wrong places. So let's stand and we're going to sing for a couple of minutes. Maybe, um, good, good father, thank you.